This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, good morning, Heidi, and afternoon in New York. We're getting ready for the holiday season. Uh, I've been through Thanksgiving, and now we're moving on towards Christmas, right? Yep, it's uh, December 2nd, so in a few weeks we'll have Christmas. Yeah, I know a lot of people are thinking. And, and Hanukkah. Yeah, and Hanukkah, right, good point, and uh, probably other holidays that people are celebrating. You know, um, this is a tough time if you've got a ritual and routines that you've gone, you know, had in the past before you lost your loved one. You may be deciding what you're going to do this year. Sometimes uh, people do something totally different. I remember the first year, Heidi, we decided uh, that we should stay home and do our same old routine. It was pretty tough. Do you remember coming home? Uh, yes, I do, and I vaguely remember doing a routine. I remember we did it. I remember we had a lot of pictures of Scott around, and I remember his, Chris, his bulb with his name on it. I remember it being very painful to not only hang it, just, just to see it, because it had his name in glitter. In, it has a, it's a green bulb with silver glitter, and it says Scott, and he made that. And looking at it was just such a reminder that he wasn't there. Yeah, we still still got it, and, but we kind of do it, hang it with a little more uh, happiness now than we certainly did in 1983. Well, um, Heidi, uh, we've got a great guest on today, and we can continue to talk with our friend uh, Sandy Fox about the holidays and also about the loss of a child and also about uh, marriage and about how couples grieve differently, because this is an important thing during this holiday season of expectations that we have for one another. And uh, we know uh, Sandy from, we've had her on the show before, wonderful book, I Have No Intentions of Saying Goodbye, and you might want to go on our Open to Hope website under our radio shows and listen to Sandy talk to us about um, on an earlier radio show. But she's got another book out, right, Heidi? Yeah, it's uh, her new book is called Creating a New Normal After the Death of a Child, and I love that name. Um, Sandy is has lost her only child, Marcy, and she's written over 80 articles and written many, many articles for Open to Hope on the subject of grief, loss, hope, and healing. Yeah, so you're definitely going to want to go to our Open to Hope site and um, go to uh, meet our authors and look under Sandy's name because she's got some great articles. And I want to talk to her a little bit about uh, some of the articles she's got today. So, Sandy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Gloria and Heidi. Hello, everyone. It's great to have you on today. Well, Marcy died 16 years ago, and we were talking to you a little bit about um, your marriage at that time. Uh, Marcy's dad, uh, you weren't married to him any longer, but you were remarried, and so was he. And I'm just thinking uh, a lot of our audience out there has this situation where where they're remarried and the spouse, the father to the child uh, was not they weren't married to them at the time of the loss. A lot of issues around that. But you were saying you didn't have too many around it when Marcy died, right? No, I was. I think I was. I think I was lucky um, in the fact that we sort of came together when the when Marcy died, and were able to work together, grieve together. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike some couples. Sometimes people are a little threatened by having the person back into the relationship, a little jealous of the husband or the wife of the 
the new um, spouse. The other thing is that I've heard before is that people have difficulty um, with the loss. I've I've had... um, I run a compassionate friends group, and I'll have people come in where it, it's their wife's or husband's child, and they are uh, just say, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to help them. I can't help them. I don't feel like I'm helping them enough. Did you feel that way at all? Did, do you think your partner did? or? Um, I think, you know, when I think he was very helpful. He was able to cry with me. He was able to help me through it, but... He even admitted he had no idea how I felt because the child was not his. But he was—he tried to be as helpful as possible. Mm-hmm. It can be really rough, uh, a rough time, particularly. It sounds like you got a pretty sensitive guy. What's your thought about that, Hyde? Um, yeah, it sounds like it's, he's a really sensitive guy because what we've heard on the show is that one of the issues that a lot of women have is that the men try to fix, they want to fix it. And you really can't fix the death of a child or a sibling unless you can somehow bring them back, which you can't. Um, so just being with people and acknowledging and validating is a great gift to give to somebody. Absolutely. Yes. And I felt like like my uh, husband wa- was validating, and uh, I did not have a problem with that. <laughs> you know, but I, I do believe that, you know, men and women absolutely grieve differently. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. Yeah. I th- you know, one may want to attend a support group, the other doesn't. Uh, one, one couple, I mean, one may want to go to the cemetery a lot, the other one doesn't want to go at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think women are more open, men more closed up about their grief. And because of that, I think it causes some problems. You know, uh, do you know Richard Do? I don't know if you know Richard. He uh, is a physician. Uh, his son Brad died, and he, um, his wife uh, retreated to their uh, cabin. He talked about it on the radio show, and he was home alone, a doctor, uh, you know, um, running his practice after his son was killed. And he said it was different for him, which I guess is unusual. He talked about it a lot. In fact, he goes around and presents uh, about the loss of Brad. So um, that's with French Smith. They go around and present, and I think that's pretty interesting. So um, I think we can be too general about it, but I think in general we have found that, haven't we, Heidi? That um, I definitely think Richard is an exception to the rule. I think when I hear that story, I'm shocked that it's his wife that retreated to the cabin and not him. Yeah. And you do hear these, you do hear these stories, but I think it's more of an exception. But it, like you said, it is good to know that everyone does it their own way, and in some cases it's the men that are more you know, engage and want to talk and share their feelings and get involved in groups. Mm-hmm. So, but it is uh, interesting, Mom, going to Compassionate Friends and seeing the amount of women to men. Oh, uh, yeah. There, far more women. Yeah, what would you say, Sandy? There's probably, in any kind of grieving situation and group, you'll probably see maybe 70% more of them are women. Absolutely. Women do it a little bit differently. That's why, Sandy, at our new, on our website, we have a section called For Men Only. And oh, great. Yeah, and uh, where we have articles and things written by men for men and some written by women for men. So they can go on the the web and take a look at it. I was talking to my husband about it in anticipation for the show. We've been married for 50 years. And uh, wow, that really dates me. And Wow, well, uh, Mom, stop dating me. <laughs> you know I'm 27 years old, and I'll stop. 
<laughs> so I'm dating Heidi. And I said, <laughs> I said, Phil, what, what was your take on it? And uh, even after all these years, it's pretty hard to talk about your relationship in terms of loss. But he said, you know what? I couldn't even take care of myself, let alone take care of you. I thought that was so interesting that he, that he felt that he should be taking care of me. And, and, well, well, and, Wayne, and Wayne Loder said that. You know, Pat Loder is the executive director of Compassionate Friends and was on the show. And Wayne said, how can I throw you a life, a life raft when I'm drowning myself? Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's in my first book. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. that, that, that quote is in my book. Ah, uh, from Wayne and Pat. Oh, fabulous. Well, um, you got a, a, a comment that I thought was interesting. You, you were saying uh, in one of the articles that a friend of mine told me recently that she's moving on with her life after her son died two and a half years ago. Her voice sounded so upbeat and her spirits were soaring, only good things. And then you say, but her husband was not in the same place. Oh, right, right. And he still, and unfortunately, he still isn't. She comes, I started a support group for, uh, for parents who have lost their only child here in Scottsdale, and she comes once a month to these meetings, and she cannot get him to come to the meetings at all. So she's having difficulty with that, but she is just doing wonderfully. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you do it at your your own pace and do it differently, and maybe he will never deal with it the way she thinks he should. Yeah. yeah. I think he feels a lot of guilt because it was involved in illness, which the father, I, I'm assuming, her, hereditarily transmitted to the son. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a big one dealing with that, and uh, so that was it was a bit. It is a big one. Yes. So he's, you know, he's okay in the fact he goes to work. He's he he does everything a normal person does, except he doesn't deal with the death. Mm-hmm. However, he is do, doing what the best he can, which is taking care of the family in, in his own way. So maybe our expectations that you know we kind of need to leave it. And uh, not feel that people. And that's are... the way she. Yeah, that's the way she feels now too. She's not gonna. She's not gonna push him into going. You know, she feels that if the time comes, you know, she welcomes him to come. You know. Mm-hmm. But she's not gonna push him. You know, one of the things that I found really aggravating uh, after Scott died was I would be, you know, kind of really trying to get it together, and trying to have an up day, and and Phil would be having a down day. Or he'd be having an up day and I'd be having a down day. And it's really kind of interesting because it really annoys you. You know, I'm trying to get it together. You know, how much energy it takes to pull it together. And yet this other person is now pulling you down, you know. Yeah. But I'll have to say. And, you know, you you want the marriage. You want the marriage to be good. But, you know, I think you should also talk to other people. You know, they can give you, they can give you advice, ideas, uh, uh, you know, to, that could perhaps help you. You can go back to your husband and suggest different ideas they may give. Right, or try to get guys together in some way. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, Abel Keogh, when his wife died, um, he uh, bought a house, remember Heidi? And had all his friends come in and help him fix it. You know, an old house that he and his uh, wife had looked at. They helped oh. him renovate it, and he said the beautiful thing about that was all these men were together renovating, and oftentimes there was nothing spoken. There was just this this idea that they were all sharing a common bond, and he knew they were there to support him through this loss. 
Now, you know, as a woman, we might think, oh, well, he's not really grieving. But, you know, they were pounding nails together, you know. Remember Ann Hood's uh, uh, husband, uh, after her daughter died, he bricked up the whole front yard. Remember, Heidi? Yeah, I do. Uh, she said he bricked, bricked up everything. So um, that well, they was... They say, you know, one of the best, the best, one of the best coping techniques is to to talk about the child, you know, remember the good times, the funny incidences, and and laugh, you know, about different things. You know, don't dwell on the death. That's not going to bring them back, you know. Yeah, I like but that. But even if they feel guilty about something, you know, if they could talk about it. You know, what? one of the things that is kind of a neat idea as far as rituals go, uh, as Christmas comes up, uh, sometimes people leave some kind of a, a holiday decorated tray out or plate or something and uh, ask family members or friends to drop in uh, funny comments, uh, uh, funny things that they remember about the child. And then, you know, you you can bring it out at, during a holiday time or you can just have other people pick up those notes as they, you know, wander through the house during the day. So important to to remember not only the bad times but the good times and and I know you talk about laughing. Important to laugh, right? Yes, very important. But you know, I know a uh, a one family decided one Christmas that they would do a tree all about their child, and they asked friends to bring over an ornament depicting something about the child. You know, whether you know if it was a soccer player, they'd bring over a soccer ball, or you know, just an ornament that they personally made. And so the entire tree was dedicated to the child. Ah, oh, what a nice idea. That's really interesting. Isn't that a nice idea? Yeah, it is. So, and you also talked about, uh, in, in this article I was reading about, doing something that might make your spouse happy. Like, um, my husband likes cherry pie. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. <laughs> if you can find the energy to do, do something uh, for somebody that, that would make them happy. So Heidi, um, Heidi's been working a lot with the 9-11 families, and I wondered if you want to talk a little bit about what you see in those kind of relationships where people have lost a spouse, Heidi. In what way? Yeah, in, in the families uh, where actually an ex-spouse has died and, and they're remarried or whatever, uh, what kinds of issues do you see um, involved with that? Well, actually, most of the families we worked with, the, they, didn't, they, were, they were families where the firefighter was their first husband. Mm-hmm. We actually, we, we worked with 50 families, and in the 50 families, uh, we didn't have that experience. Mm-hmm. And so, so I don't know if that speaks to the firefighter culture or if it just speaks to the families that signed up for our study. And that gets to the point where I want to talk a little bit about what about the idea that we're going to get divorced if we've lost a, a child. Got any thoughts about that? Because that certainly goes around, and it's in a lot of books, by the way. Oh, yes. And, you know, people, I do this blog once a week. Uh, uh, on Sundays about surviving grief, and my biggest response was about an article I did about divorce, you know, after the death of a uh-huh. child. Wow, talk more about that. And people are so afraid because they've read books that tell them that the divorce rate is 90% of bereaved couples, and, and it's not true. And you know, Compassionate Friends ran a survey and, yeah. and found that only 16% of the parents divorced after the death of a child, and only 4% said it was because of the death, that, the, mm-hmm. that there were problems in the marriage before the child died. 
Yeah, I, you know, that's really tough when people say that, you know, you and I had people tell me that your marriage is, you know, will be in jeopardy and you have to really be careful and all that. You don't need to hear that. You've already lost your kid. You don't need to hear that. Now I got it. And, and you're not coming together all the time on, on different issues on how you grieve. My husband liked to make scrapbooks. I didn't even want to look at pictures. So he spent a lot of time scrapbooking and, you know, so uh, people do different different kinds of things and respond different ways. So you don't need to be told that. And I and one of the things that's important, and I know you mentioned it, is that this person and you are the only ones that have suffered exactly the same loss. So um, you know that's a bringing together. I liked something you said about um, coming together at the end of the day uh, or sometime. Yeah, want to talk about that a little bit? Sort of, you know, at the end of the day, sort of review what's happened and, um, uh, you know, see, see where you are and what you're feeling, what you're thinking. And, and it, you'd be surprised how many people learn a lot about their spouse mm-hmm. at the end of the day during this period of their life. Absolutely, and uh, having that connection and doing, going to a movie or trying to do a few things together that are that bring you together uh, is an And like you said, remembering, and we've said this before today on the show, remembering funny incidences, remembering awards and honors and graduations that made you proud. I love all those ideas of those kind of memories rather than the way that your child died or your sibling. Right. Absolutely. Well, Heidi, have you got any thoughts for siblings about their parents' marriage? Wow, that's a loaded question. I, I, yeah, no, I think it's a really good question because we are so caught up in our parents. And we're so worried about our parents, and, and our focus is so much about our parents early on. And I always say we're trying to be good kids by not grieving in front of our parents because they've, been, they've had too much pain. We're not trying to be bad, bad kids. We're trying to help them. And we do get concerned. We do get really worried that, you know, we've lost, uh, we've lost the parents we once knew initially, and we do worry that now we're going to lose the family that we once had because we've already lost our sibling. What's going to happen to our parents now? Are they going to get divorced? Are they going to end up, you know, in bed sad forever. I mean, what's going to be the long-term ramifications of the loss? And I always say to parents out there, although a sibling loss may define our life, it does not destroy our life. Because parents worry that this kind of event will destroy their children. And kids are a lot more resilient than, than you give them credit for. They're very resilient. And in many ways, it makes it family units closer. Like Sandy was saying, it can, make you, it can draw you closer in many ways. Right. Yeah. Over time, for sure. Well, Sandy, thanks so much for being on the show today. And uh, people, people, tell us where we can get your book and your website and all that. Did you say tell you where they can? Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can. The uh, the book is available at uh, BarnesandNoble.com, Amazon.com, um, on my website, SandyFoxAuthor.com. So it's available lots of places. And we can find you on Open to Hope. And I'm on Open to Hope. I do have this, this, uh, this surviving grief blog I do every week. And, uh, now how can people blog on to you? What do you say? They just go to your website to get to your blog so they can blog with you? Uh, yeah, they, you can do it that way or just go to uh, survivinggrief.blogspot.com. All right. Well, Sandy, thanks again for being on the show, and uh, we hope you have a good holiday. Well, thanks Thank so you, much. Thank you, Sandy. 
and, and thank you for all the articles that you've given to Open the Hope and for helping people create a new normal after the loss of a child or a sibling. Thank you very much. Yeah. You're welcome. Thanks. Well, Heidi, it's been great having Sandy on the show today, isn't it? She's uh, so prolific and so thoughtful and so helpful to people. She is, and she's covered so many, such a variety of topics in the grief and loss world. She, there's so many things, you know, she's got so much out there on the net, which I love. And we didn't even mention it, but, you know, Sandy's only child died, and I just think her recovery and what she's done, and the, the uh, it's always a joy to see her, isn't it? She's always a lot of fun to talk to, and, and she's just a great person. Well, again, and she reminds us that, that this loss, although it's completely impacted her life, the loss of Marcy, it has not destroyed Sandy. Sandy lives on, and as a tribute to Marcy, has done amazing things to help other people out there. Absolutely. Well, you've been listening to the Open to Hope show. Please stay tuned again next week uh, by visiting the Open to Hope site, and we'll be posting a new show at 9 o'clock Pacific, 12 Eastern Standard Time. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.